It's quite amazing. Ask not what your passports can do for you. It's the Haas Boys coming at you hot. I got Mike Lamezquiz on my left. Yo. I got Max Sorton on my right. Hey. What's up, guys? We just got done with the Spanish GP, and we're going to get into the Spanish GP. In this episode, we're going to be digging into how qualifying works so that when you guys hear us talking about stuff like Q3, you know what we're talking about. But before we get into any of that, I've got a quiz for both of you guys. A different quiz for each of us? Yeah. So, plug your ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Is this heads up seven up? With mm-hmm. Don't look at my okay. cards, bro. Don't look I wear glasses. glasses. I can't read that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's an eye, it's an eye quiz. It's an eye quiz. For Mike's glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the poster. Read e- the letters. L. Max. <laughs> you can't fly planes. <laughs> Yeah, so so this quiz is about sponsors. Okay. Oh. And I'm going to ask you about a few sponsors. Oh and we're going to test okay. your sponsors' knowledge. Great. Great. You guys ready? Yeah. So the first round is going to be a little easier. And then the second round is about the cheap sponsors, the ones with the small logos on the car. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> God, you guys gonna ready? Be tough. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. So I'm going to say the I'm sponsor, ready. and then you guys say who you think the team is. You give us sponsor, we give you team. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I think this, I can do that. All right, here we go. So we're starting easy. Oracle. The Bull. Yeah, Red Bull. Okay. <laughs> we got that one. I'm going to go slightly we... right after Mike. <laughs> <laughs> can we get a, like a clap track after we get a note? Okay. Number two. All right. Dark Trace. I want to say McLaren. Yeah, McLaren. McLaren, well done. Woo-hoo! Yes, yeah. one, one to one. That one's kind of like an every other weekend. I'm not even sure it's on the car every We week. don't even know what they do. Dark. So, so Dark Trace is uh, like they get money from the dark web. I, AI cybersecurity company. Ooh, yeah. Um, Operate, yes. Operating only on the dark web. You yeah, know what's right. funny is a quick side note. If you notice that like almost every F1 team has a cybersecurity sponsor, no. Yeah. What could they possibly be hiding? <laughs> <laughs> pictures of Gunter. Yeehaw. We want those pictures. Yeah, every team has various pictures of Gunter. Except for Alfa Romeo. They do not have cybersecurity, yeah. and we all got to see Bottas's butt. Yes. The pictures got released. The Bottas. Yes, yes, yes. He released those on his own. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Next year, leak. they're going to have some cybersecurity, though. <laughs> Maybe it's a PR firm. Maybe. All right, and number three, this is the third one. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. Tag Heuer. Oh. Max, it's, go. Uh, Red Bull. Wire. Tag Heuer. Tag Heuer. Okay, uh, nice job, nice job, nice the job. Bull. Yeah. Okay, wonderful job. Three out of three I mean, I on got the two easy ones. So, okay, I actually, now that I'm, now that we're this deep, I'm realizing that this next row, even going to be even easier, they're going to be actually not that hard. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Again, these are the cheap sponsors. Mm. We're talking like a three by three sticker. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Is this like NASCAR where you get like the 3M on all of the cars? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a well, golf on every fire suit. On every fire suit? Yeah. Oh, I didn't That's know that. I, I don't know. Or Alpine Racing makes a lot of the suits. Yes. 
Not worth talking about. <laughs> All right. First, well, it first depends because Puma makes Mercedes and Ferrari kit. Oh, I'm going to have to check that because yeah. I saw Golf on like a bunch of fire suits. I, yeah. I think that they've been sponsors for a lot of things. Yeah. Anyways, I'll continue. follow up later on the episode. All right. This is the first one of round two. Ready? First cheap sponsor Team Viewer. Team Viewer? Team Viewer. Can you use it in a sentence? Mercedes. I- what was, can you use the product in a sentence? <laughs> I was wanting to view my team, and so I called up Team Viewer. Well, I would say Mercedes. They claim to be a team. They definitely view their team. <laughs> they view themselves as a team. Uh-huh. Team Viewer is a remote desktop app. It's what okay. every scammer does when they're trying to scam your oh, grandma shoot. for her Google password. I picked wrong. Should have picked like Alpine. <laughs> Mercedes it is, is correct. the Benz. Oh, Mercedes. It's oh. the Benz. Did you know that for real? So Mike I did. got that. Mike oh, got okay. that one. Yeah, I was if just it didn't guessing. sit on top of their meters, I, was, okay. I, I seriously know. was just going off of team. Okay, I'm really happy about this. If, my, if Mike is like pretty sure and you don't know, then, then that's a pretty good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one was good. All right. The second one in this round is Ray-Ban. Who have I seen that on? Max goes first. It's Ferrari. <laughs> the Prancing Pony. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, well done. UPS Shell and Ray-Ban. And this is the last one. This might not be the last one. I think I have to give you one harder <laughs> one. Okay, so this is probably the last one, and it is Castrol. Cast Castrol. Castrol. I want to say Alfa Romeo. I want to say Alpine. Gosh, Mike, I just do not get it. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I That's sincerely just don't get photographic it. Photographic memory. I'm a photographer with photographic memory. Okay. <laughs> mm, sure, sure. <laughs> All right, and here's one more for you guys. Okay. I got a picture for you. <laughs> Peak? Picture this. Peak? Coolant. Peak coolant? Ooh. Mm, I'm going to say Williams. This one left this team in 2021, but it was visible on the car Haas. up until this moment. Oh. Um, Peak coolant. Then I'm going to say Aston Martin. We got an Aston Martin from Max, and we've got a Haas from Mike. Is that your final answer? Yeah, and I think I'm wrong. What the heck? It's awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. You know what? Really quick, I feel like I could ask you almost any <laughs> and that you would get. Max, you did so good, too. You only well, missed like two of those. Um, Yeah, I just want to look up a car real quick and quiz Mike. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look up a car, see what a logo is, and see if you know which car it's on. It's got to be within the last five years or I'm never going to remember. Well, you just got that. You just got a peak. Sophina. Oh, that one's pretty easy. Aston Martin. Mm, nope. Come on, it's no, huge. No, that's Peroni. It's huge on the car. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was wow. A good, that was a good pick. What an easy stump. It's like a title sponsor on the car. It's, it's, it's the whole wing. The whole wing. Oh, my gosh. It's the whole you, wing. Do you even not watch? Do you even not watch I, Formula One? I'm trying to picture it. Is it? Is it? Uh, it's Wu-Tang. It is, is it the Williams? Wu-Tang. It is the Wu-Tang racing team. It is the Wu-Tang Williams. Williams. It is Williams. Okay. Was oh, yeah. So, Sophina Film or Sophina Foods is the company that brought Latifi on board. I should have remembered that. Good gracious. Huh. But Peroni is Sophina Peroni. You understand where I got that wrong? Peroni huh. is the beverage that sponsors Aston Martin. Okay. I have but I never see Williams. <laughs> okay, give me a break. They're never anywhere on the TV mm, coverage. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Max, okay. get, try to stump teacher. We's gotta miss. We's gotta miss one stump teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay, I've got one for you. Yeah. All right, get Mike. Get you ready? Get him. Sparco. Ooh. 
I like this one because it's visible. You know you've seen this. Yeah. It's a racing apparel company. And seat. And belts. And urine bags. And they do make fire suits. Racing diapers. Sparco. It yeah. is a good one. It's got to sit on it. And you can sit on that Sparco seat. Hey. Three. Two. I'm like struggling to remember teams right one. now. One. McLaren. Oh, okay, last that one. That makes sense. DeWalt. Oh, oh shoot. Wait. It's McLaren. It's McLaren. Yeah. Okay. Google. Gosh, that's yeah. crazy. McLaren. <laughs> There's like a high percentage it's McLaren if you don't know. That's it, the statistical answer. Right. And yeah. and it's also pick American companies that mm-hmm. Zach Brown has relationships yeah. with. Yeah. Okay. Well, good Amazing job, Mike. Job. Good job. That was crazy. Great job to Max as well. Only missed a f- couple. Yeah. Mike only missed one, uh, two, one. Well, I mean, one. it depends on if you... Well, I got him first yeah. in the first round. <laughs> Just but you get got to him. it in time. Amazing job. Right now, we're going to do a quick dive into how qualifying works. This is a great, great idea. Before each race. Figured we'd just do a, a quick dive into it so everybody knows, so we're all on the same page. So let's get started. What is the purpose of qualifying, and when does it happen? Um, I didn't know what qualifying was for a while. I just, well, I knew kind of what the purpose was. It determines the starting grid order for the actual race. But then I didn't know that there's an actual process and different, I would say, heats is a good term. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because at first I thought they were just like, they would do a hot lap and whoever had the fastest got first down to the 20th position. But it's not like that. Yeah, I there's mean, a that's lot how of they weird things that go into qualifying. Why did, well, oh, that's how they used to? Yeah. Why did they switch? So in order to make qualifying more interesting and something that people would want to attend on a race weekend to come see for fans. Because they do it the day before the race. Right. And it is fun to go watch. Yeah. And it's a totally different structure and event. And mm-hmm. in motorsport, there are time attack events where Pikes Peak Hill Climb, for instance, is a just a time attack that's in colorado yeah throw that into youtube if you get the chance and watch some old footage from when it used to not be paved and you see high consequence racing <laughs> see real men racing yeah but uh <laughs> but also like rally wrc is done in a time attack fashion so okay time attack is a form of motorsport with qualifying it is what determines the race on sunday where they go wheel to wheel mm-hmm in order to kind of make that interesting as well, they're like, okay, so we're going to determine the grid. It's going to be determined by who has the fastest lap within a certain time frame. But part of that problem, as we've seen over the years, is that you get the queue. What's a queue? Or a line. And at where the pe- end of the lap... Where people are getting held up and screaming at each other over yeah. the line. Yeah, like a line. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. I apologize. Use that term because that's what... That's what I'm hearing when that happens. Right? Yeah. Data Croft is like, oh, no, and there's another cue at the end of the lap. Yeah, and it's uh, Nikita. And it, <laughs> it's, it's it, Nikita or Latifi. Even though he doesn't drive anymore, he's yeah. found a way to still, He's just running. He's sprinting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My dad wants me My to. My dad wants, yeah, he said, you stay on that track. <laughs> I haven't left. Sprinting so in front annoying. of him. I haven't left Catalonia. I don't know why they keep giving him race passes. I know. We should look into that. But they have a qualifying format that they wanted to make interesting by doing it this way, which has only been around for a few years where they do the Q1, Q2, and Q3. Qualifying okay. one, qualifying two, and qualifying three? Correct. And if you Not also... quarter. 
No, yeah, it's just the qualifying is because there's only three. That's for our American listeners. It doesn't mean quarter. Yeah, so that's why there's only three quarters if you think it's quarter. <laughs> Those but, Europeans do quarters weird. It's metric, right? <laughs> this isn't hockey. It's <laughs> three metric quarters. I think that's what I learned. <laughs> three yeah. metric quarters. Yeah, kilometers per one hour. makes one hole and so yeah <laughs> so there's three qualifying sessions there's also three practice sessions and so you'll hear fp1 fp2 fp3 which means free practice one free practice two free practice three which is before before the qualifying quarters correct and they kind of do them each session represents a different objective as well. Okay. So free practice one is kind of getting used to the track, laying some rubber down and sort of having some evolution. Like we talked about with tires mm-hmm. over the weekend, kind of get the tires bed into the track a little bit, set some kind of longer runs and figure out your setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Free practice two is kind of race strategy development. So like what's your race pace look like? What's each tire going to do? What's the kind of, difference in lap time between a medium and a soft that's kind of your free practice two session and then free practice three is a little bit of that mixed with qualifying simulation which is your opportunity to see if you can push the car to a qualifying pace and usually each team is just a like backing it off just a tiny bit not showing their hand until qualifying yeah but it's their opportunity to simulate a qualifying run, low fuel in the car, and give it the give it its all. Okay, so we got a few different terms. Right, and we're going to ground all of this in days and in tires. Yeah. So when is free practice happening, and what tires are they using? So free practice one and two take place on the Friday. So Thursday starts our like media day. That's when drivers kind of arrive at the track and they're getting set up and the teams are pulling in and, and building cars in the garage. Maybe interviews. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely the press conference day. Yeah. So you see driver a lot of briefing? stuff. Is that driver briefing day? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think each day has a little bit of like the driver's meeting before each session. Yeah. Um, and so Friday is your fr- uh, free practice one and free practice two. Okay. You run usually medium compound, hard compound tires through those types of sessions. And those are just used for free practice. Correct. Those and, tires do not get used in quality. Yeah. And I'm talking about the actual tires themselves, not yeah, just yeah, the yeah. type. So this is something that is a little different to like what they like what we have discussed. Each weekend, the teams are given an allotment an amount of how many tires they can have per car or per team. What that does is that they only get a certain number of softs, a certain number of mediums, a certain number of hard compound tires. Mm. And that's determined by the FIA, and it changes from race to race. Yeah, and they and the teams get to choose based off of that allotment. Now, I actually don't know what they get because it is a variable each week of how many they can have. Mm. Yeah, And sometimes they'll opt to take less softs so they can have more mediums and things mm. like that. Cool. But... What uh, what happens is is that sometimes they'll they'll do kind of a shorter run on a practice session, and they'll just use softs for like a minute, mm. and then they'll take those off after like two laps of like okay we got an idea what the softs are like, they'll store those, and then in like this you know Q two for qualifying session two, they'll run those softs as their first qualifying lap, and then when they come back in 
there's usually about two laps that you can accomplish in a qualifying session. So you do your first one, and that's kind of your fail-safe. It's close to the fastest lap you can set. And then on that second one is usually when they go for the full beans. Okay, so before we get into qualifying, we finish free practice on Friday. Those tires don't need to be reused probably. Yeah. But they could if they wanted to use them. Correct. And then Saturday begins... And what does that day look like? Are these, you know, obviously when you watch qualifying, you can see that quali one and two and three are right up next to each other. It all occurs within about 40 minutes, right? Yeah, about an hour. Yeah. Okay, okay. And what is the purpose of each one of these? Why are they Why are they separate sessions? Yeah, so a Saturday kicks off a little bit of just, you know, wake up, interview, you know, small little talk before go to your team, brief, make sure you've got everything kind of like dialed on what you needed as a driver the day before. And put on your session. race suit, put on your shoes, yeah. walk over to the car. Yeah. Brush your teeth. Get in the car. Just want to make sure we cover all this it's stuff. Friday, yeah. Friday. Call Got to get down on Friday. Yeah. Put chapstick on. <laughs> Is that? Yeah, yeah. So no, I won't, we won't get into well, that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going into a little bit too much detail there. You know, there is a little bit of press conference pretty much like every day. There's some opportunity for the, for some interviews. They'll get into free practice session three before qualifying. Oh, because FP3 is on, on Saturday. Saturday. Gotcha. Yeah. So it gives you an opportunity to fine tune little details and setup of like tire pressure, suspension setups, however, wing adjustments you need to get the best lap you can out of the car. Okay. Then they set up the car. There's like usually a few hours between free practice three and qualifying. There's a couple of reasons that they do that. One, because being a global sport, something that they take into account for every single race weekend is when does this hit TV? What does that globally look like for our British fan base, for the American fan base, and some of these things? Obviously, there's some things that are completely unavoidable (laughs) where you're racing in Australia or Japan and you're just going to be racing at two in the morning yeah for america and there's just nothing that you can really do about it that being something that they take into consideration a lot of races take place in the afternoon so they put qualifying in the afternoon and then that gap between free practice session and qualifying is also because of accidents so if they do have an off and they tear some carbon fiber off the car or something like that they do have the opportunity to put the car back together and be ready for the next session but, you know, keeping in mind that these free practice three where they're doing qualifying simulation, it's pretty easy to step over the line. Yeah. You put a tire and a little bit of gravel and completely spin off and hit something. We've even seen Max on the way to the grid for a race day crash into a barrier and the Red Bull team fully rebuild his front suspension and wing before the race starts. So they're really skilled, like the mechanics in the garage, at being able to do these things really quickly. If That's crazy. But, um, but then you get into qualifying, and this is the big stage for Saturday. And it has, a, it has obviously huge impacts. And in years past where the car has been harder to pass and harder to follow, qualifying has been almost more interesting than the race day because it was going to determine the order of basically how the race was going to pan out right. unless there was like something traumatic where the front two guys run into each other, yeah. which we've seen. But like for the most part, it was like, oh yeah, if Lewis gets pulled, it's over. 
you know, yeah. but now it's a little bit different. Super awesome and exciting that it has changed. And this will be important going into Monaco because Monaco is notorious for being hard to pass because the cars are so big. Right. The track is so tiny that the order you get qualifying pretty much determines how you're going to finish that race unless you somehow sneak around a car. Right. Well, and I think that that's something that I'm very interested about, but I'm going to revisit it. So when we learned about this qualifying, just yeah. this is what we're going to be paying attention to for Monaco because it's almost more exciting than the race. Correct. Yeah. It is something that heavily impacts the what the results will shake out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing's guaranteed in Formula One. But again, like a place like Monaco is a little bit trickier to move around where the streets are so narrow. So, so qualifying, so how qual- does it work? So qualifying comes in three sessions. Q1 is everybody's game. So that's all 20 cars. Just going for it at the same time. Just get out there. Find your window. And this is a big... Find your window. Yep. So they don't have a particular order? No. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought somehow they were given an order. Uh, yeah. I guess I just never had questioned it. No, they go out on track. The engineers and the strategists are in charge of finding a pocket going out onto the track. And you got to keep in mind as well that the warm-up lap is just as crucial as the lap itself. So it's kind of chaotic. Yeah. So you have to time how long it's going to take you to warm up the tire and get it ready for the lap so it's in its optimal window. Mm -hmm. Which is done by driving the car. Yeah, you have to drive and weave and sometimes, you know, hard on the brakes and playing some games to get the tires up to temperature. So we've got the driver out on track. Yep, and then that lap's a little, you know, obviously longer and not nearly as fast. Mm -hmm. And then... Then as they come around to the last corner, the momentum that they carry down the straightaway is really crucial. Oh, and they can use that. Yeah. They're not, they're, it's, it's a flying start. Yeah. So as soon as you launch and go for it, that's when, it, that's when you mean business. And that's when you hear the term, he's on a flying lap. Correct. Oh, so it's not that they're crossing a line. It's that they start. Well, when they cross the start-finish line, they want to be going as fast gotcha. as they could possibly be going at that point. Gotcha. Okay. So it still is determined by the start-finish start, line. Correct. And how long is that Q1? So Q1, I think, again, is a variable. I think it can be different, but I think it's only like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. So all drivers have to set a time in that first window. Correct. Ah, okay. And this gets, and they can do a bunch of laps then. They can, but what you're doing is you you want to be able to do it in two. Okay. And one of the reasons that you want to be able to do it in two is because you're allotted a certain number of tires. A qualifying lap will literally use, I think they said something in the realm of 60 to 80% of the tire life. Because you're just burning it as hard as you can. And literally every ounce that you can get out of it is the optimal goal. And so you are abusing a set of tires as quickly as you can. Mm. Man, this is like better racing than race day then. And I've never like thought about it this hard, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. A big part of why the tire selection and everything plays into this so much is that wouldn't it be great if every qualifying lap you set was on a brand new set of softs wouldn't it be great if every qualified lap was written on a pair of ultra softs written by bottas <laughs> he loves extra soft pants and abba <laughs> that's beach boys unrelated <laughs> but uh the tires are a big part of the strategy for the entire weekend and how you use them is up to your discretion but you do want to be able to set the optimal lap for each session. So, and that's why we're looking at 
two laps because your tires are going to be toast after one in Q1. And we're doing two, we're shooting for two laps in Q1, Q2, and, and Q3. Correct. Because we're going through tires for each one of those. And that's a perfect scenario. That means that everything Thanks. goes right. What happens at the end of Q1? So at the end of Q1, they eliminate five drivers. The slowest five drivers. Yep. So the bottom five. So Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> give me one reason yeah, each me, week. Yeah, give me one reason for each week <laughs> why Latifi is the worst driver. But uh, <laughs> still the best one. But yeah. but yeah, so you lose five drivers from Q1, and then in Q2, you lose another five. The so and where do five. they go? They go off the track. Do they, and they do get they, spanked. Do they go to like, <laughs> they go to like Q1 prison? Yeah. They go to a spanking machine and they have to get spanked by gunter and what is gunter like how does gunter's team deal with having gunter gone uh it's uh <laughs> they have to make decisions he's they have to make the hard decisions <laughs> the losers from q1 this uh, is why they depend on such good guys like kevin and mick yeah. all right because they need the lack of team principles yes, 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 yes. so when you hear that hamilton got knocked out in q1 yeah that means he didn't make the cut he was one of the five slowest so that means that he qualified somewhere from 16th to 20th crazy okay and so in that realm you do not get to advance your position so wherever you finished in that area mm -hmm. after q1 is where you start so if you've qualified 16th out in q1 you start 16th makes sense they're removing these people to basically reduce traffic. Right. Okay. Well, and again, yeah, just so that way you have an even better opportunity to set the lap. And Q2 knocks out five more people. Correct. So that means that the top 10 shoot out for pole. Pole position. Correct. Which is a term for first. Where that term stems from is... Good question sure. to ask yourself. Yeah. If you've ever heard the term pole position. I, yeah. Tell us because I didn't even think to ask. The way that this used to be for the grandstands at like the Indianapolis 500, they still do it at Indy and some of the racetracks still have them, but they have a very large pull. Okay. And oh, like from Mario brothers. Yeah. You know, Oh yeah. Like where the flag you jump on at the end. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? That's my only connection to large poles. <laughs> it's a flag pole. There's a large pole with numbers on it. And that pole tells you the position and the car number. Okay. Where is this? I want to say it's an American tradition. I don't know where it started, but I know that like the Indy 500, Daytona, a lot of these racetracks with a giant grandstand have a very large pole and it has one all the way to the bottom at 40 or 50 cars. And then next to it is a digital display of what place or what car number is in that place. That makes sense. Gotcha. So when you qualify the fastest lap, your number goes to the top of the board the and pole. you are the top of the pole and you get pole position. So, okay. So it could be called pole position or top of the pole yeah. position. So Q2 knocks out five. Yep. Q3 sees the top 10 settle into their positions. I want to ask, I do know that some qualifying drivers can be jerks to each other. Yeah. And they screw people out of their good positions. Right. Like, how is that strategy I feel working? Like, I feel like this happens every qualifying is some noob or, you know, either a noob, like we just described, uh -huh. or a rival is slowing somebody down when their lap is done and they're just like... And it makes sense now around. that I know that it's kind of like, just go find your window. Yeah. It's all about timing and some of these other things. And really quick to kind of even talk about something we were talking about a minute ago. In the perfect scenario, you get two laps uninterrupted in each session. 
But the problem is, is that you have this problem. You could come to the end of a flying lap and then run into traffic and get completely blocked hmm. for finishing your lap, which means you roasted a set of tires mm. without oh, a lap. Bummer. And so that's part of the reason why there is impeding a lap penalties, which will drop you grid positions on Sunday. So you don't want to block somebody because you will usually lose five grid positions mm. if you do. Which, so. uh, again, for some of these repeat offenders that we just described, doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. Were these guys, because again, I swear last year it was like, Latifi's blocking me. Nikita's blocking me. Mm-hmm. Latifi's blocking me. I think there was yeah. one time that Daniel was too. Yeah. Just by accident. Oh, and Norris did it too. Norris are did they... it this weekend to Fernando. Okay, yeah. Fernando wasn't on a flyer. He was just trying to get across the line to start a lap before the session was oh, over. Yeah. And are these guys getting are they getting penalized? Yeah, and it's it's brutal. You don't you definitely don't want that penalty. I know Sonoda has been caught out a couple of times where looking at the steering wheel, adjusting something, not realizing you're on the racing line, yeah, and you Sonoda. totally block somebody. Yeah. There's some pretty amazing compilations <laughs> on YouTube of people screaming at Nikita <laughs> during qualifying. Have you seen yeah. this? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Nikita, yeah. Oh, I bet. Oh, and he, yeah, he definitely, yeah. God bless him. He definitely had a lot of controversy around him in that way. So I just want to go over one more time because I yeah. can already hear the questions. Yeah. So these people are impeding laps because we're just in this big flow of cars right that's going around the circuit like blood in a body yeah it's a great analogy (laughs) kind of is yeah (laughs) it's a vein and and basically all of them are not on the same timeline they're all in the same chunk q1 or q2 or q3 but none of them are on the same timeline as one another so somebody could be on a warm-up lap right at the same time that somebody behind them is on a flying lap, which is they're wrecking their tires and trying to get the fastest time. Right. And in addition to that, some of the guys could be halfway to the pit. They're long done with their laps and they're just trundling back to pit. Right. So that's why we get these traffic jams is because everybody's on the circuit doing something different at all times. Well, in a place like Monaco or a place like Saudi Arabia, where these tracks are narrow, there's not a lot of runoff area, mm-hmm. this becomes really tricky because you really can't get out of anybody's way. With all the curves, you have to be like on the outside of the curve on this one and on the mm-hmm. outside of the curve on this one so these guys can take the inside curve. And it's basically impossible in many cases to get out of the way. Right, and so it becomes the job of the engineer and the team to notify the drivers being like, hey, Fernando's on a flying lap. You're gonna. He's coming up on you quick. You need to get out of the way, mm. and that gives them an opportunity to be like, okay, I should probably break now, chill off to the side, and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. But if a team doesn't do that, then they end up with one of those penalties. And a big reason why this penalty actually exists is that not only is it a bummer on the tires, not only is it gonna ruin their lap. There's a lot of factors there, but it is crazy dangerous. I'm sure. It is insane. So you do not want to get run into at full speed when you're not at full speed. Mm. That is a serious accident, right? Yeah, because we see a lot of accidents in F1, but they're all going the same speed as one another. There's no discrepancy between the two. The front to back impacts are within like 25 miles of an hour of each other. Obviously, when they're hitting hitting from the side can be a little bit different, but if you get a... 50 mile an hour crash if you were running running past someone as fast as you could like nikita on the and at the same time they tried (laughs) to punch you in the back of the head 
their fist is going as fast as your head is running and yeah. it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. But if you were to stand there and they were just to punch you in the back of the head, it would hurt more. Right. right. So perfect, if you think about yeah. that analogy, yeah, it's a really good one. It happens one. to me all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. we see the crashes, we're like, oh, this is such a fast crash. Well, no, it's probably like a 15 mile an hour crash. Right. Like they really weren't hitting each other that hard. Mm. But if the guy was stopped, yeah. Right. Well, and we'll put it this way as well. Well, Enzo Fittipaldi had a really bad accident in F2 in Saudi Arabia because his car stalled. This was last year. Um, and I believe it was an F3. It was either Pietro or, or Enzo. I'm not sure which one it was They're at brothers. the moment. Yeah, they are. But one of them stalled on the grid and then was rear-ended at full speed. Uh, it was a really, really ugly accident. I think both drivers severed fractures It was uh, or suffered fractures. And so it was pretty pretty gnarly but yeah. you know we'll put it this way jeremy clarkson to quote him he said speeds never killed anyone it's the suddenly <laughs> becoming stationary mm. and so it is all about how hard that impact is but that's part of the problem is that you can't impede somebody's lap because especially at a place like saudi arabia you can't see around the walls so if you're in monaco you can't get around the walls and see very well and so if you come around a wall and somebody's in your way those cars stop fast, but the reaction time, the stop, it, it, like there's so many factors. You do not want to be there. Yeah, right? yeah. That makes qualifying more exciting to watch. I, I definitely needed a review on like how it all works. Cause sometimes I turn it on on Saturday. <laughs> and even though I love watching Haas, like flying around, I love racing, not knowing how qualifying works is kind of boring. Yeah. It, I just listen to announcers like, Oh, he crosses the line. He's ninth. He crosses the line. He's 10th. I'm like, Oh, Great. I don't know the rules. Yeah, great. But knowing like the drama happening possibly on track. Yeah. Really, really quick, before we move on, what is just a little tidbit of drama that we've seen uh, basically hijinks driver to driver during quali qualifying? Well, you know, there's definitely been over the last couple of years where Valtteri with Mercedes, he's never the number two driver at Mercedes. And so they would send him out in Q3 at a track where a slipstream or a draft is going to make a large impact on the lap time negatively uh it'll give the the driver behind the advantage but the driver ahead is punching the yeah punching it's a like hole the driver the behind kind of has like a drs correct kind of he gets an advantage of not being able to drive they call that giving a toe yes correct yeah and in nascar when we've talked about the super speedways and they're hitting bumpers that's that same effect right so it's the draft that gives them less dense air and a little bit faster straightaway speed so Mercedes would send Botas out first with Lewis in tow. So Lewis would have the opportunity to set an even faster lap. I don't know why he doesn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the best driver on earth. He yeah. doesn't need like help from his car or from his teammate. Or from physics. No, yeah. no, not at all. But I mean, Verstappen and Perez have had to do this a couple of times. And mm. I know that whoever driver two is in this situation hates it. It is the bane of their existence to help their teammate. But a really smart move by the team, honestly. Yeah. Really clever. It's definitely a huge factor in being able to, especially where the title fight last year was so close between Mercedes and Red Bull. Yeah. You needed that extra advantage. So that's definitely one huge one. I heard a story. Is it Fernando? Yeah. Uh, basically holding up, basically stopping in the pit lane. Yeah. That was during qualifying? During what qualifying. is this story? Mm, tell so, us, Michael. Tell us tell the stories. Tell us, Michael. Fernando, <laughs> they came in. Michael. Fernando uh, 
came in for a I feel like I should be sitting on the floor cross legged. We did a fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> with like a picture book. <laughs> and he holds it up. Then <laughs> then Fernando stayed stationary. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean basically what had happened is that it was before they were really using the garages, we'll say, between Fernando sessions. Fernando and Lewis were both at McLaren. Teammates at McLaren. Not big fans of one another. Yeah, this was Lewis's first year. So his rookie season was teammates with Fernando. <laughs> and Fernando is an aggressive teammate, yeah. to say the least. And if you've listened to actually the most recent Beyond the Grid with Ocon, he's he says he begs to differ, but a lot of people warned him that that was true. Yeah. Uh, so... It was qualifying. They came in to change tires to go set their next lap. And Fernando, they put the car up on the jacks. They remove the tires, throw the fresh set on, drop the jacks, and he stays there. And Lewis is parked behind him, waiting for his chance to change tires and continue the session. Okay. And Fernando's just sitting there. <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> Just waiting. Oh. Okay, now, and leaves the box and gets out of there, gets the tires warmed up, gets his lap set, and, and Lewis comes out and is pushing as hard as he can to get to his lap and doesn't get the chance. Because they were at the end of the session. They were at the end of the, of the, of the session. Oh, session. what a <laughs> oh power gosh. move. Wait, so first of all, <laughs> Alonzo timed that within like 10 seconds perfectly (laughs) that's crazy but this was part of the drama at mclaren at the time is that fernando and lewis had convinced their teams that they were so the driver that needed to be you know pushed to be the best Mm -hmm. that it became a serious competition in the garage like fernando's team hated Lewis's team. And they're like right Whoa. next to each other. So this might need an Lu- episode. For, so mm. Fernando's team is over the radio going, wait, wait, yeah. wait. Okay, go. <laughs> oh. He can help him time that. Yeah. And it was valuable, obviously. Man, we need to do a little mini episode about All that. about people that have stood in the way of Lewis's greatness. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> There's quite a few. They have tried. <laughs> yeah. None have succeeded. <laughs> but qualifying is more interesting. The last note that I have about qualifying and something that I think a lot of people maybe don't take into account. Qualifying times can be two to three seconds faster than the fastest lap of the race. They are... Oh, wow. That's crazy They fast. are... Maybe I'm giving a little bit of an exaggeration there. It might be like at least a second faster, though. Wow. And so just to put into perspective how hard they're pushing the car. And it is literally... And I think that that's why I find it so exciting is that you got to think about it in the sense that it's like, this is the actual limit of what that thing can do. Whereas in the mm. race, it'll never see it. But in qualifying, they're pushing every ounce of what it can do, mm. full the most aggressive engine map, the most, you know, the highest tire temperature. Mm. It is the edge of its capabilities. Do you think that drivers try, not just because they're going to be racing for a long time, but do you think they try and take a dump before they get in the car to lose weight? <laughs> I would not be surprised if that's why Valtteri Bottas loves coffee. I oh okay, interesting. I do know yeah. that like they joke that every driver's pooped their pants at some point. In oh, their career. I'm sure, I'm sure they've had to. Like, is it Vettel that has a quote? Like, if if a driver tells you they've never pooped their pants, they're lying. Yeah, I would assume that's probably <laughs> true, especially for some of these endurance racers and Mans yeah. and stuff like that. I would just imagine that. I mean, like we have during the episodes, we go the whole. W- <laughs> 
They're long episodes. I mean, <laughs> I am wearing Sparco uh, branded driver spanks. adult diapers. Oh, for FIA podcasting. Are for, they FIA approved? Yeah, they're fight flame proof. Oh, okay. But they also huh. keep everything secure. Mm. Yeah, for podcasting. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. good. That's but sometimes when I'm quiet. <laughs> You know why? I'm just staring <laughs> off in the distance. Everything okay, man? Don't look over here. Like a toddler. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. Right I, I, <laughs> uh, okay. So now you know, all the listeners, you can go back through all of our episodes in any period where Max is silent. He's <laughs> utilizing those sparkle every time I, diapers. Every time I'm not talking. <laughs> it's just... Hey, that's what I heard. <laughs> Anyway, Q3. Fun. Man, good understanding of Q3 and Max's schedule now. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. What a benefit this episode is. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like we have such a better understanding of why qualifying is super entertaining, number one, and also how it plays into the race as a whole. So everybody keep an eye out for the Monaco qualifying session with all this new info in mind because yeah, baby. in Monaco, it uh, can tend to be a bit harder to pass and that's coming up this weekend that's this weekend so excited so really quick we're going to talk a bit about monaco to prepare everybody even further let's talk about spain max you got a recap for us yeah okay so starting grid positions we had just quick top three leclerc verstappen and science and, of course, both Haas made it into Q3. They had Magnussen at 8th, Schumacher in 10th. So that was looking promising. And so we were good. so stoked. Yeah, so excited. his best quality yet. And we were, like, looking for a both Haas points finish. That was yeah. really exciting. But, sadly, neither of them lasted in the top 10. Magnussen got out, like, the first corner. He hit Lewis and went into the sand. Top 10 finish for the race. We had Verstappen at 1st, Perez at 2nd, and George Russell up to 3rd with science and then Hamilton. Um, and then right now, the team standings overall are Red Bull. They jumped up to 195. Ferrari's at 169. Mercedes at 120. Haas is in seventh for the, the team constructor championship. 15 points. Not bad. And the total driver standings, Verstappen overtook Leclerc. Now he has 110 points, and Leclerc is 104. Okay. Magnussen's at 10 close. with 15. Okay, another awesome race where we saw Haas do super well considering what they had. Yeah, I was watching it with you, Parker, and although Magnuson got hit at that first corner, near the front couple of corners he got hit, he slowly climbed after being hit sent to the back. He was 1.3 seconds out uh-huh. from Latifi and still managed to, to gain two spots. Yeah. Parker made the observation that Magnuson is just a really great driver. He's great. Schumacher kind of struggled a bit. I don't know why, Mike. He he dropped. He's just steadily kind of dropped down. The race proved to be something that had a lot higher tire gr- degradation than they kind of anticipated, and so a lot of people anticipated a two-stop race strategy where they would only have two pit stops, mm-hmm. and that's what they stuck with, and they gave it a hard. That's what we're going with for Mick. Mm-hmm. And by the time that the, you know, after that second pit stop and toward the end of the race, the tires were going off so poor, like such poor performance out of the tires huh. that Mick was losing lap time just 
in droves. There's no grip at all. So, you're, sure. so if they could have gave him another stop, that could have improved it. You know, and again, it would have been when do you time Theoretically, that? Theoretically, yeah. If they had gone for a more aggressive three-stop strategy, they would have dropped him in in an opportunity where mm. he wouldn't have lost 10 positions in a pit stop, right? Yeah. So waiting too long, unfortunately, can cause that to happen. I felt bad for science, kind of oh, like yeah. his home Grand Prix. Yeah, and it sucks. He hit a sand trap, or like he spun like a, out on that like a corner. Gust of wind, Everyone or kept something. It. And Verstappen went off too. So it wasn't just signs. Both of them got a random gust of wind, mm-hmm. and it just blasted him off the track. But I was glad that he overtook Hamilton near the end to get fourth. But yeah, those Red Bulls just seem like they are going to be very unstoppable for the rest of the season. Yeah, and that's not fun. Well, I want some competition, and I like seeing Ferrari up there. And now I'm worried that they're just like out well i think that red bull and ferrari are both experiencing more reliability issues than we kind of expected at the beginning of the year they've kind of role reversed but i think that's going to continue to be the way that this works there's going to be a little bit of flip-flop each week did ferrari release that update package they did uh this was their first week with the new floor we talked about the beginning of the season how ferrari has that innovative nose that is changeable have they been doing that I don't know. You know, honestly, I think that the car has been so uh, advanced and so fast that I don't think they've had to worry about the front wing. I think it's they been a lot They forgot they invented them. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Bonotto's going to be like, oh, we did that thing. <laughs> that was really smart Let's of us. Let's do it. Yeah. And then they, it's the la- it then it's the last race. Bonotto, and they, the race is over. <laughs> it's the last race this season. It's Abu Dhabi. We can't fix it now. Ah, <laughs> oh, next year. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, essentially... The, I just love the image of him just being like a clueless detective sort of character. <laughs> oh, we can put it on this week. <laughs> the series is over, Bonoda. Oh, next year, next year then. Jolly He's good. Very British Italian. <laughs> the most Italian guy on the grid. Just very British. Oh, jolly good man, man. <laughs> he is one of those guys where I'm like, just let him answer in Italian and throw mm. some subtitles up. Yeah. I think it might be Leave him better. alone. No, like I kind of love when somebody does that mm. anyways, but Spain Spanish but, Grand Prix was was there. That was It was the there. Recap. It was a good they race. Did it. it was there. A lot more a lot more passing than we've seen in Spanish Grand Prix in the past. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Which might give more hope to Monaco because of the different style of the car. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So can we get a quick recap about Monaco? During our qualifying conversation, we were talking about how qualifying is almost more of a race in Monaco than the actual race. How could you compare and contrast Monaco and Spain in that way? Well, Spain has definitely been known in the past to not have a lot of passing. It's been something that's been the starting order sort of determines the finishing order. And so where we saw something pretty different this year, and uh, I think I can't, gosh, I can't remember what the statistic was, but Crofty said it. Something like 97% of the races in Spain have been won from pole. Wow. It's like an absurdly large statistic. So I would believe that Monaco is actually very similar in that way. Okay. But here's what's different is this year, the Spanish Grand Prix was not won from pole. It was also... There were a lot of passing opportunities. George Russell made it really difficult for Max but he inevitably was able to get past. Yeah. So I think that we could see a really good and interesting race in Monaco, and I'm, I'm optimistic about it. To your point, qualifying is critical. I, I would say that where you can see somebody like Lewis start pretty far back or you know get in an accident and then recover a bunch of positions is 
the least likely case for you to be able to do that in Monaco of all places. As like a newcomer to the sport, everyone goes off about how awesome Monaco is. It's so old and it's so gorgeous and it's the coolest race and right. all the yachts pull up and all the celebrities are there and it's just lots of money and casinos and stuff. Right. But then you watch it as a newcomer and it's very boring. <laughs> it has That's been. my honest opinion. Like, yeah. <laughs> because I, because, uh, because you watch races for, earlier, you watch races all season and they're exciting and there's passing and there's speed. Then you watch Monaco and the new Formula One cars just look big and they look slow because they're trying to get around these very tiny street circuit corners. Where go-karts used to run. Yeah, because the Formula One cars used to be so small. Tiny cars. And so you'll see them going around that famous like hairpin and they're all just... Casino, yeah. Up on like three wheels because they can't span the the entire turn. And so, yeah, in that sense, the qualifying is very important. Not not my favorite track on the calendar. And I feel like every year do people say that they're going to get rid of it because, but you can't because it's such a heritage track. Yeah. And I think that there's room for improvement in the sport and how they represent Monaco, or at least when they go there, what kind of things they could alter or fix or make it so there is more passing opportunities. Basically, the tunnel and along the water is sort of the only opportunities that you get to pass. Which is short, man. It's such a short area. Right, and there's chicanes and some other things there that also make it really tight and and tricky to pass. So your other opportunity is going up the hill after the first corner. Mm. And so those are kind of your only two real... Is there DRS zones in Monaco? I don't think there are. If there is one, it would be the tunnel, but I d- for some reason I can't imagine The tunnel that's true. is so cool, though, in Monaco. It's really cool. Because yeah. of the danger coming out of it. If you ever get like the view from the driver's perspective, they're in a dark tunnel, then they're going to bright afternoon light, and they're just blind, completely white blind for about a second, but they're also going 180 miles an hour into a street circuit and that, it's all muscle memory that is at that crazy point. to me so crazy yeah and i mean it literally becomes muscle memory they it's just like, know the circuit off the top from of their here head. i'm blind and now i, I break. know i have to yeah oh it's <laughs> so nuts and so it's pretty crazy and again yeah it's happening so fast so an amazing track again like tons of history lots of epic battles between legends of the sport have happened and taken place in monaco there's a lot of really cool traditions that surround uh, events and things that take place. I love the pool, and you, you know, you got that famous shot of Daniel Ricardo doing a belly flop in the pool mm-hmm. after winning. And then you get like the whole team, Christian Horner jumping into the pool and whatever afterwards. It's like it's a really cool event. You definitely and it's and it's like one of those crown jewels that we talked about. It is a part of the <laughs> Parker's the triple crown. Me, you gotta watch it. I'm like, it's the most boring. Race. <laughs> Max, you gotta watch it, man. <laughs> I'll watch it. Watch it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's still going to be great. Yeah, I do think it's going to be great. Haas has uh, been qualifying really well. Right. If they can get in the top 10 again and Mick and Magnuson can just defend well, then both of them could get points. Totally. It's exactly what we need. Yeah, is, that'd be amazing. I'd love that. Is a locked-in grid. Double points finish f- and first for Mick. That'd be Yo, amazing. So let's, fun. Good let's point. call that. Let's call that now. We're predicting a double points finish for Haas okay. at Monaco. Yeah. I like that. If we do it every week, we'll at some point look really smart. We're gonna look super <laughs> smart, and I love that. <laughs> I think that's that really. But I think week. it's legit. We yeah. could we could definitely see that. It'd be fun. All right, guys, turn up all of your juju for Monaco this weekend because Haas is going for points. That's right. We're the going Haas for boys. points. Do you not even remember our tagline? 
the the boss boys are going for the points. Going around looking for points. <laughs> We're out for points. We're out for points. That's right. Stay here with us. Keep it tuned. Out for points. Hunting podiums. And Bye. Take- <laughs> Wait, no, finish that. I'm sorry. I was going into a dead end. <laughs> you cut me off, and that was way better. <laughs> We can't even end an episode correctly. It's that.